around the world and here at home, bringing relief, hope, and the life-changing message of Jesus. You're listening to the Mize Missions Podcast with Terry Mize. Hello, everyone. God bless you all, and welcome today to Terry Mize Podcast. We are so glad you're out there listening, and we are just going to jump right in today and talk to you about some wonderful things from the Word of God. We've been talking the last two weeks about miracles and that the very nature and character of God is the miraculous. And so uh, this is really worth uh, drenching your soul in, renewing your mind to, and then begin to develop hope and expectation in the miraculous. We certainly need it in this day and time that we're in. Always remember that you can go back and listen to the archive podcast on terrymiseministries.org and all the information about our ministry, a wonderful little video there that tells some of the past history of Terry's nearly 50 years now of ministry, and then all of the wonderful products that, that he has developed through the years are all there online for you to look at and examine and order uh, at your convenience. And then we have Terry's monthly newsletter that's there, uh, information on how to become partners with Terry Mize Ministries. All of that is there for you. Also, please call our office or send us an email and give us any testimonies that you have uh, in your life that you've received from either hearing Terry preach in person or any of the materials that we have there on the products online, or just by listening to the podcast. We had a great prayer last week over uh, folks receiving their healing, and we know there are testimonies out there coming in, ready uh, for us to share with you and tell you the good stuff that's going on. You know, God's, God's really just expecting us to believe him. He wants us to believe him for the miraculous, for the supernatural, for things that are are impossible with man are most possible always with him. So darling, let's just take it away and you just go with whatever is in your heart today. And we're going to talk about it with the folks. Well, amen. You know, like you said, we've been talking about miracles and you know, miracles, miracles are the church's bread and butter. Yes. And uh, as we've said uh, a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, that uh, miracles make the difference yes are, are the absolute obvious difference right. between Christianity and any other religion in the world right and uh, I remember talking to my dear friend T.L. Osborne uh, so many years ago T.L.'s in heaven today but T.L. and Daisy Osborne were some of the greatest missionaries that ever graced the planet and uh, and for a lot of years, I kind of had T.L. to myself because uh, he, he had not preached in a church in America in 32 years, wow. uh, up to 1980. And then in 1980, I, I, I con- had continued through the late 70s to try to get him to preach in America, mm-hmm. in a church in America. And so finally in 1980, he agreed to do that. And so people in the States got to hear him. So so uh, a lot of times I laugh and say, well, if you ever hear, heard T.L. Osborne preach in America, then you're welcome. Because, you know, God <laughs> God really really got on me to, to do that, to right. really get him involved in, in preaching in America. Again, cause, so people could hear about missions and hear about miracles. Because, I mean, T.L. had, well, he had more miracles, I guess, than, you know, than anybody in the history of the world. But right, anyway, right. Uh, anyway, T.L. Uh, had talked to me uh Oh, a number of times about when he and Daisy were young and first went to the mission fields. When they first went to the mission fields, he, he went to, they went to India yes, and they lived in India as, right. as missionaries. And, uh, but they just didn't have any success. They, they would preach and they would preach and they would preach right. and, and just nothing would happen. And they just could not get a, get a, a success or a foothold 
uh, on preaching Christianity. Right. Uh, of course, of course, India is is Hindu and Muslim. Right. And uh, the the more north you go in India is more Muslim and are Islam, and and the more south you go is Hindu. And of course, the Hindus have three hundred and thirty million <laughs> gods. I'll say just, that again because Americans a, yeah, don't get that. But three hundred and thirty yeah. million gods. Yeah. And so uh, T.L. would preach and and just not gain uh, any foothold or any success. And and you know the, the 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 Muslims had their holy book and 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 TL had his holy book the Bible right. and the, the Hindus had their their monstrous holy books with the list of three hundred thirty million gods. Wow, that's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of book. Right. And and yet he could never prove it. It's like well prove it. Well let's right. prove whose god is right. who. And and he just they couldn't do it. And so um, so they came home from India defeated. And, uh, and a lot of people don't know that. Probably most people don't know that. Right. But they came home from India absolutely defeated and, and, and you know, down downtrodden about it and, mm-hmm. and upset about it. And like, well, we were failures, well, blah, blah, blah. And I remember him telling me something one time that I'll just interject right here. He said, Terry, it's as important for the missionary to come home as it is for him to go. No, and missionaries need advice. to know when to come home because sometimes home. you've overstayed right. your grace or you've overstayed your anointing or you've overstayed whatever. And, and uh, it's time to come home and get get refreshed or refilled or, or, exactly. or, or retweak what yeah. you're preaching and believing. <laughs> right. And so uh, at that time, they didn't know about praying for the sick and having miracles and that sort of thing. And so so they came home defeated and, and uh, felt like a failure. And so they were in, I believe, Portland, Oregon. And uh, they went to hear uh, a man preach. T.L. never told who it was, but it was William right. Brandon. He always said, we just right. went to hear a man preach. Right. And uh, they went to hear this gentleman preach who was doing a, who was doing a crusade. And um, I just happened to look over here at the office, and there's a picture of T.L. and Daisy sitting there staring at me. So that's, that's cool. But anyway, <laughs> um, uh, they went to hear this, uh, this preacher preach. Right. And he not only preached, but he called folks up for healing and just outstanding miracles took no, place. No, that's right. And when that happened, T.L. turned to Daisy, and he said, that's it. That's what we need in India. That's the difference. That's what will make the difference. And so, of course, they started preaching, I mean, praying for the sick and just had this marvelous ministry for decades and decades of wonderful miracles marvelous miracles and miracles is what made the absolute difference in uh in their ministry Uh, it's it's what always makes the difference in in every ministry because it is the proof of the pudding it is really you know jesus said when they came and talked to him you know john the baptist wasn't very happy with jesus you know when he was Mm -hmm. in prison when john was in prison about to get his head cut off and so john told two of his disciples uh, said, go go ask cousin Jesus. Yeah, right. <laughs> if uh, if he's the one to come, or should we look for somebody else? Right, right. And uh, so they came to Jesus and said, Hey, cousin John's in prison, and he wants to know if you're the one that's to come, or should we look for somebody else? I think that's John chapter eleven. I could be wrong. It's nine or eleven, but uh, yeah. uh, somebody can go to their Bible and catch me up on that. But anyway, uh, Jesus said to them, He said, He said, You go back and tell John the things that you've seen and heard. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the devils are cast out, uh, the poor have the gospel preached to them. And then he said this, he said, and it'd be a really good time not to be offended in me. (laughs) That's right. Be a really good time not to be offended in me. Considering your circumstances. But but the point I was trying to make is this, Jesus, Jesus just basically said, the proof of the pudding's in the eating. Said you to go back and tell John the things you've seen and heard. The blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the poor have the gospel preached to them. So, so uh, you know, make up your own mind what what it is. But the miracles made the difference. They That's made right. the difference in Jesus' ministry. That's they right. make the difference in the world in between Christianity and 
and any other any other gospel, and that's why uh, we've had such success over all these right. years, and it's why, of course, T.L. had all that success after being a failure, then they turned into absolute success. Well, and what's so encouraging, Terry, I think, too, also to the individual just believer, uh, the number one thing, I suppose, about Christianity to me that makes it so marketable and reasonable to the world is that it's a per-person relationship. It, it's an autonomy that you have before you and God that any word on this page is for a, any one person that'll believe it. So when he says, go into all the world, preach the gospel, cast out devils, you know, heal the sick, all of these different things, that means anybody can do that. And they can go out there and begin to do the things that God has called them to do. And we sell ourselves short by not expecting them. We sell well, that's the key. We need to start expecting yeah. miracles. We sell ourselves short by not telling <clears throat> others mm-hmm. that they can have a miracle too. And that we diminish the power of God being manifested in the earth by not having that as a part of what we do in preaching the gospel. Of course. I mean, Jesus <clears throat> just said, you know, little simple words like we were talking about, like rise up and walk, take up your bed and walk, go your way, you're healed. You know, he told the, the uh, you know, the, the centurion that came to him that had his servants sick. And, and he, he wanted Jesus to come to his house and lay his hands on his servant and everything. And Jesus just told him, just said, Go your way, you know he's healed, <laughs> right. and it was it's just the simplicity of the miraculous, and yet we make it so difficult and so hard. You mentioned that in the meeting we just did up in Oregon. You said Americans want it hard. No, T. L. Right. You were quoting T. Right. L. That that Christians want things hard and they want things difficult and they want things uh, spelled out for them and we've got to pray long prayers or we've got to have hands laid on you or we've got to do it a certain way. We've got to have everybody come together and there's got to be quiet music playing in the background and we make it so difficult. Well, one thing that the churches, historically the churches have done is that when they, they, they start out believing in miracles, but when miracles don't happen, when they pray and somebody dies or they pray and nothing happens, they pray and nothing happens, and that, that becomes a pattern, right. then the sad and the terrible thing that they do is they, they start doing away with miracles, even in their sermons. Right. And they don't expect them anymore, and many times don't pray for them anymore. Right. And, and it's almost like that once you have a failure, a faith failure, right. that you start, instead of saying, hey, I must have missed it, uh, God didn't yeah, miss it. Face to face this is the mirror. will of God. We know it's the will of God. We know it's uh, we know it's the will of God. But right. uh, but 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 nothing's happening. So so they they just start incorporating it into their sermon that God doesn't do miracles, right. or that the day of miracles is over, or the day of miracles has passed away, or or when the you know when the disciples you know passed away, when the apostles passed away, then so did miracles. I remember one time Charles Caps, my good friend Charles. Charlie's in heaven today, but such a wonderful faith teacher and minister of the gospel. Um, at one at one point in his ministry, he had a television show, and That's so he right. would he uh, sure bring people in and interview them and talk to them. And he had me in a few times. And I remember one time I was sitting on the on the set with him, and we were doing the show right right in the middle of the show. And he said to me, he said, "Now, Terry, he said, uh, uh, people say that uh, miracles have passed away with the with the apostles. What do you think about that?" And of course, he said that just to set me up so I could sure. say, you know, sure. no, that's not true. And, and miracles are real. And, and we could talk about miracles. But I shocked him so badly because I said, well, 
I pretty much agree with that. <laughs> Here we were on live television, and he just kind of dropped, dropped his jaw and said, "You what?" Yeah. And I said, "I said, well, you know, people say miracles have passed away of the apostles, but I said, but the the apostles hadn't passed away." And and I said, so so you know, as long as there's apostles around, and as long as there's believers around, then then there's always going to be miracles, and uh, and some. But you know, I remember I remember being in Guadalajara, Mexico, when I was oh I don't know twenty three maybe, and uh, Jackie and I were living there, and and uh, in one particular church service, I hadn't preached a lot. I was working with another missionary, right. uh, Bernie Davis, and Bernie was a great guy, and and, and uh, he had to go to the states for like six or seven weeks. And he said to me, he said, hey, while I'm gone these six or seven weeks, I want you to, I want you to preach these, these meetings. These. We had started a church. Right. So I want you to I preach in my, in my stead, in, in my place. And uh, I said, Bernie, I don't, have, I don't have six or seven sermons. You know, <laughs> that's a lot of sermons. That's a lot of preaching. I don't have right. that many. Right. And uh, he said, no, you'll be fine. He said, Terry, all you need is some miracles under your belt. Right. And I said, he said, you know, you've had a lot of healings and you've had some things like that happen. So when you guys were in Oaxaca and, and then all your life, you know, you, you've prayed for people and people have gotten healed. He said, you need some real life, honest to goodness, miracles under you. But so he said, that's all you need. He said, you know, the word, he said, man, you know, the word like nobody I've ever known. And he said, and you, you know, you, you talk the word and believe the word and act on the word. But he said, what you need is some miracles. And so he left me, <laughs> he left me in charge. And I remember the very first Sunday service, I stood up to preach. And I preached, of course, on healings and miracles. And, and then I called everybody up. I said, you need a miracle? Come down here. And so, you know, here they came. I didn't know if I was happy about it or sad about it. So here comes this <laughs> whole group of people. And, and the worst thing about it was that the first guy in line was 80 years old and blind in both eyes. Now, that's pretty serious. Right. And I, I immediately heard in my ear Something Brother Hagen had said years yeah, before. I, had, I thought that was always an interesting story because of the forewarning Brother yeah. Hagen gave. Me. I had heard Brother Hagen say years before. He said, "You know, when you're when you're praying for healings and miracles, he said, uh, try to try to pray for young people first, and don't pray for an old person." <laughs> and I thought this guy's eighty years old yeah, and blind right. in both right. eyes. I mean, right. this is right. a this right. is this is not a tummy ache or a headache. And uh, Brother Hagen said that because this, he said, he said, because young people are open to new things and open right. for things to happen. But he said, you know, if they're older people, he said, then they pretty well made up their mind yeah. and they're setting their way. Yeah, they're, they're setting their it. ways and they're just kind of, you know, he said, so always try to get a young person. And and I'm looking at this 80 year old guy that's blind in both eyes. And I'm and hearing Brother Hagen's voice, you know, and I say, this, great, this is my first <laughs> shot here. But I went down and, and laid hands on that guy, Renee, in the name of Jesus, and God popped both his eyes Hallelujah. open. Just a wonderful, a marvelous story. miracle. Mm -hmm. In fact, he had not worked. Uh, uh, of course, you wouldn't think an 80-year-old would have to work, but this is Mexico. So he hadn't worked in eight years. My goodness. Uh, and, and the next week, he went right back to work again, went back to his old job and worked oh, because he's not blind awesome. anymore. And so uh, the next day, or it was, that was on Sunday, either on Monday or Tuesday, I went to visit him. I just thought, I'll just go visit him, check on how he's doing. Right. And uh, so when I went over to check on him, uh, he had, uh, just like in Mexico, a lot of times whole families are lived together. And so he had quite a few family members living in his, in his home. He was the grandpa and, and, and the great-grandpa, I think. Or, or, uh, but anyway... While I was there, we talked and visited, and he was just so happy with his healing and, and being able to see and having his sight restored. And so uh, while we were there, I said, uh, I said, well, let's, uh, is anybody else sick? 
And he said, uh, I said, let me pray for him while I'm here. And he said, well, yeah. He said, a few family members are sick. And I said, okay, well, where are they and who are they? And he actually took me into a bedroom where his daughter, grown woman, uh, was lying in bed. And she had, I suppose, what that lady in the Bible had that had the issue of blood because she was just bleeding profusely and had been for for quite some time, for several weeks. Been to the doctor and this, that, and the other, but there was no, no help for her. And so I went in, and she was lying in bed, and we walked in there, and, uh, and and you know you could tell by her face that she was sick. You just look at her and see that she wasn't well. And so uh, anyway, I talked to her a few minutes, laid hands on her, and God completely and totally healed her. Hallelujah! And, uh, and then I knew her for you know quite a while after that, coming to church and stuff. She was right, she was completely right. healed. And, uh, and I prayed for two or three other people, and and uh, we even talked about witchcraft because I, I I had felt in my spirit like maybe witchcraft was involved. And so I said to him, I said, uh, I said, is there anything going on like uh, witchcraft in the in the house? Has anybody been going to the to the brujas, the witches, or anybody been going to the witch doctors? And he said, no, 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 no. I said we don't we don't we don't believe in that. And uh, I said, well, has anybody like put a curse or a hex or a spell on the family or anything like that? And he said, he said, well, we don't we don't believe in that. And, and he said, I said, well, has anything happened? And he said, well, yeah. I said somebody did come over, and said they took, said they took salt and and holy water. And threw it uh, under at the door and under the door. You know, there's a gap in the door, and pronounced a curse on on the family. Oh my! And he said, "But we don't believe in that." And I said, "Well, did the water and salt get on anybody? Did it splash up on anybody?" And he said, "Yes." And I said, "Well, how many people got sick?" And he said, "Everybody. You know, all of them." And so, uh, uh, so anyway, I you know we I, I cursed the spirit and cursed the hex and cursed the spell and sent it back where it came from and. And uh, prayed for the various family members, and they Hallelujah. were healed. But anyway, my point was this. I started to leave, and the Lord spoke to me and said, something's wrong with one of the kids. So I turned back around, and I said, are one of the kids sick? And he's the grandkids. And he said, well, no, no, nobody's, nobody's sick. And I said, oh, okay. And I thought, well, I guess I missed that. But as I started to walk out the door, the Lord said again, something's wrong with one of the kids. And so I turned around. I said, are you sure that none of the kids are sick? And he said, no, none of the kids are sick. And I thought, man, I must be really missing this. So I turned to leave the third time, and the Lord said, something's wrong with one of the kids. And so this time I said it the way the Lord said it. The Lord didn't say anybody was sick, and so that's what I was saying was sick, and nobody was sick. So I, I phrased it the way the Lord said it to me, and I said, is there anything wrong with one of the kids? He said, oh, yeah. He said, my little grandson, Ricardo, said he's five years old and said he can't speak. said he's never spoken a word in his life. You know, but he wasn't sick. Right. He wasn't he sick. He wasn't sick. Right. Right. And uh, I said, well, that's it. Bring him here. My and my. so they went and got him from another part of the house and brought him in. And cute little guy, you know, five years old and yeah. big, old, big, big old dark eyes and, you know, and black hair and just, just cute as a bug. And uh, I, I picked him up, took him and set him in a chair in front of me, stood him up in a chair. Didn't set him, right. stood him up. And uh, I laid my hands, both my hands, I can see it like it was today, like it was yesterday. I mean, just, just laid my hands on his face, uh, on each side of his face, and I, and I cursed the mute spirit. You know, Jesus said in the, in the Gospels, when he prayed for somebody that was mute or, or, or healed somebody that was mute, he, he commanded this tongue, the string of their tongue, tongue to, be, to loosed. be loosed. So that's right, what I did. I said, I command the string of your tongue to be loosed in the name of Jesus, right. and I curse a mute spirit, command you to come out, and command you to speak in the name of Jesus. Right. And then I just looked over at his mama and pointed at her, and I asked him in Spanish. So I said, what's her name? And uh, he just looked at me and smiled and said, Maria. 
Oh. And he was completely and totally and absolutely Hallelujah. just wonderful you, miracles, wonderful miracles. So uh, from that point, right. you know, I had those miracles under my belt and just continued to have them to this day, just miracles and miracles and miracles. And I, I'm so delighted and thankful for God uh, for, for doing all that. Well, it, we know when we were looking at the, you know, the ministry of Jesus and, and all the things that he did, the, the last few verses, you know, the, of the very end of the book of John, it says that if you, if they would have recorded oh, yeah, everything yeah. that Jesus did, the world would not, could not contain sure, the books sure. and there, there wasn't enough ink and paper and there wasn't a big enough space to write down all of the things that Jesus did to heal the sick, raise the dead, cure uh, lepers and cast out devils, all the things that he did. And you know, it's like that blind man, you know, they came to in the ministry of Jesus and they asked him and said, who did this to you? You know, and they, and he says, well, they said the guy that did this for you is a bad guy. Right, right, right. And he said, well, I don't, I don't know who anything about him, right. but I, all I know is that once I was blind, but That's now exactly. I see. He said, I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat. Right. <laughs> all I know is I was blind, I was blind and now, and I, now see. I see. And that's the proof of the pudding. That's what Jesus was talking about. Go tell John the things you've seen and heard. This, this, is, right. this is the proof. That's John 9, I think, chapter 9, verse 25, that that Jesus just wanted to be among the people. Oh, and it's like you saying the, the, the only... Um, prerequisite for getting a miracle miracle. is to need one. And then you're not going to have miracles if you don't have people show up that are sick to get the miracles. You know, one time in Visalia, California, I was preaching for uh, dear friends, Chuck and Becky Smith, and Chuck's in heaven today, but but I was preaching for them there in in Visalia, California, and and, uh, Sunday morning. And as I ended the service Sunday morning, I said to the church, I said, you know, I know this sounds like a cliche because we say it so much and it just goes right over your head. It goes in one ear and out the other because the church just doesn't listen and doesn't hear it. I said, but listen to me. I said, if you will go out and get some sick people today and bring them in here tonight, God will have an opportunity to heal them. God can do miracles. I said, now, if you don't do it, I'm not going to fuss at you. I'm not going to be mean to you. I'm I'm not going to, you know, rebuke you or scold you. I said, but I'll just teach you a good word and we'll have a good service and it'll, it'll be great. Just be a good church service. I said, but if you do go bring some sick people, <laughs> yeah, some, step then, one. then God could have an opportunity. <laughs> I said, right. cause most sick people don't just wander in by themselves. You right. know, if they need a serious miracle, it's like there in the Bible we read, I think last week, it says they brought to him. Right. Those that had divers diseases and exactly. tormented and lunatic right. and demon possessed right. and had the palsy, you know, cause those people can't come by themselves. No, they can't. You know, they need somebody to bring them. So anyway, I said that, and then I dismissed the service. Well, the guy back at the sound booth running the sound thought to himself when I said that, I've seen a blind guy downtown the last few months. He's wearing sunglasses and got a white cane and seemed like he might have been selling something on the street. You had a little cup for coins and stuff. And he said, I think I'll go see if I can find that guy and then bring him to service. And so when he left church that morning, he went to find him and couldn't find him. Drove around, couldn't find him. Left his house earlier, went home, went on an eight and went home. And then a little later, he went out again, said, I'm going to see if I can find that guy. So he went and drove around again, could not find him. Wow. Well, he went back home and then on his way to church, he thought, I'm going to try one more time on my way to church. And sure enough, he found the guy and brought him to church. And I remember, I remember preaching and I remember him sitting on my right. So it'd be on the church's left, but he's sitting on my right on the second row, sitting with the sound guy, uh, on the second row, sitting there with his, with his uh, uh, sunglasses on, 
and with his white cane and just sitting there holding his cane. And uh, all through the service, I preached. And then whenever I finished preaching, I called folks up for prayer. That guy came up for prayer. I laid hands on him, and God popped both his eyes open. Hallelujah. Just a marvelous, wonderful, supernatural miracle. Boy, but right. but I'm not the hero of that story. It was the sound, sound guy. guy. Had that sound guy, <laughs> had the guy at the sound booth had not yeah. gone out and got right. him, then I would have never got to pray for him. God wouldn't have had the opportunity to to do a miracle. And so it, 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 the guy at the sound booth was the hero of the story. He's the one that made that happen. Right. And that's what uh, that, that that's what the church is about today. Everybody doing doing their part. Well, give a commercial too, because I, you know, this is my favorite part is the fact that that I guess forty years ago I heard you say that the real heroes of the Bible are called they. And Absolutely. I repeated that over and over for decades to my church that you're the hero of That's any right. miracle That's healing right. that That's God's right. going to have is if you bring the people right. either into the church service or to the man of God, right. you bring them into an atmosphere where they can be prayed for, hands laid on them if they need be, and then God is able to heal them. But if you don't do your job, how are they ever, it's like Romans 10, how are they going to hear? How are they going to hear? How are they going to hear? That's so exactly right. t- just say two or three sentences about that. Well, God actually gave me that message. I was preaching in Detroit, Michigan, in the Spirit of the Lord one day in my hotel room, and I was praying about the services. It was a several-day service. And the Lord actually said to me, sit down, I'm willing to show you something. Wow. So I grabbed wonderful. my Bible and sat in a chair in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. And the Lord said, open your Bible to the book of Matthew. And he said, I'm going to show you Matthew only. Because then you know every miracle is an individual. You don't get any duplicates. Right. Where if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you might read the same, same miracle, miracle twice or three times or even right. four times. Right. Uh, but but then he said, I'm just going to show you Matthew because then you know there's no duplication. Every miracle is an individual single miracle. Right. And he said, I'm going to show you how they happened. And so I, I literally went to the book of Matthew and began to read and uh, uh, just Lord just opened my eyes to it or showed me. I mean, it's there. I guess I should have read it all my life, I guess, and known it. But it just said over and over and over, they brought to him. They brought. And they brought to him. That's and your they cue, to folks. Him. That's your cue. You they. know, Jesus had all those marvelous, marvelous miracles, <laughs> but he, right. he wasn't the one that went out and got those people, or those right. people didn't actually come to him. It's the, the men and women uh, that they knew brought him. brought to him. You know, one, one verse says there in Matthew Oh my, I want to say 15 verse 35, something like that. But it says, when the men, when the men of that town had knowledge of Jesus, wow. they sent out they sent to that out. region round about mm-hmm. and brought all, they doubled all that were sick wow. and he healed them. And you know, I just, I just took it through that. I went to church that next night or that night and preached that there in, uh, uh, in, in a big church there in, in Detroit. And, uh, God just did miracles and miracles and miracles. And I told the people, they are the heroes. You you know, the T-H-E-Y, the, the they that brought right. them. I said, we don't know their name, but right. heaven knows their name. They get a crown and a star in their crown in heaven because they're the one that brought the person that got the miracle. Wow. And, of course, I've seen that in my That's crusades right. overseas, you know, for, for decades and decades where somebody would bring somebody right. that was sick or bring somebody that was crippled or bring somebody uh, there's a man in India, and I won't go into the story because we've already been going almost 30 minutes here, but but uh, they actually went and got a guy that was paralyzed, uh, three friends, got a guy uh, out of the hospital 
that was paralyzed and had been paralyzed for a year and a half. I mean, mm. he couldn't go to the bathroom. They had to bring him a bedpan. He couldn't walk, couldn't, couldn't do anything. And that morning, the doctor, the Christian, a Christian doctor in the hospital had said to this man, you know, medical science can't help you. We've not been able to help you. We can't Jesus. help you. There's no way we can help you. But he said, there's a man of God, Terry Myers, doing a crusade in town. And he said, why don't you get somebody to take you down there and see if God will heal you? And How three wonderful. friends got him, put, yeah. him in a, put him in an old wooden ox cart, big old cart, big old wheels, mm. and pushed him to the crusade. And uh, and I didn't even see him that night, even though the ox cart's big. I didn't see him. They, they were back out in the crowd. And uh, uh, Lynn, I don't know if you remember, uh, uh, you were there. And, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, but it seemed like to me they must have been 100 yards away from the platform or quite a ways. But because of the huge crowd, I mean, it wasn't one of those 100,000 crowds, but it was it was a crowd big enough that, that the ox cart was invisible to me because the people were standing in front of it and around it, and so I never saw the guy. And I just preached my whole message and then, then dismissed and, and had all kind of miracles and salvations. And, and then I just sit down on the platform, and I'm talking to, you know, Jackie and, and Lynn and the kids. And, oh, well, I don't think the other kids were there. And, uh, but, uh, well, yeah, they were too, that particular meeting. And so we, we, uh, and, and pastors that was with us and stuff, we were just talking about the miracles and, and, uh, I happened to look up and a little bit and the crowd had dispersed. There's probably only maybe a thousand people left or 1500 or something, but they were in, they were in pockets, people standing here and there and here and there it wasn't a solid crowd anymore. And I saw the ox cart and, and I hadn't seen it before. And so I just stood up and grabbed a microphone and I said, uh, who's, who, who's in that ox cart? What's the deal with that ox cart? And these three three guys standing around him that had brought him, they yelled back at me and they said, he's paralyzed. And so I just put the microphone down the platform, jumped off the platform, walked all the way out there to where he was. And, and I reached over and grabbed his hands. And just as soon as the instant I got there, I just put my foot up on the ox cart for leverage. And then I reached over and grabbed his hand and I said, rise up and walk in the name of Jesus. And I jerked him out of that ox. Anyway, God completely healed him. He ended up running around the old crusade grounds and all that. But my point is this, I don't know who was happier, him or the three guys, three that, brought guys him. that brought him. You know, they had yeah. to bring him in an ox car, but they didn't have to take him home. No. And then I was, <laughs> I, I was back there the next year and yeah. uh, that guy was still healed. And I talked to him and uh, he, he had gone back to the hospital and shown the doctor and the doctor rejoiced. My, my, they my. went all over the hospital and showing people that knew for a fact, I mean, all the right. medical staff plus a bunch of right. patients knew he was paralyzed. And so he and the doctor prayed for people and people got healed. <laughs> it was just a tremendous, <laughs> tremendous miracle. In fact, that guy, that guy, Renee, when he got saved that night and, and got that wonderful miracle, uh, I asked him, we've got it on tape somewhere. I've recorded, you know, the, the miracles and stuff. And I remember I asked him what his name was. I said, sir, what's your name? Tell us your story. Tell us your testimony and, and tell us your name. And he just dropped his head and uh, uh, shook his head no. And I said, tell me your name. And he shook his head no again. And I said, sir, tell me your name. And he shook his head no and said, I can't tell you my name. And I said, why not? Of course, I knew the answer. I've been, this wasn't my first rodeo. But uh, he said, because I'm named after a Hindu god. And he said, tonight Jesus has, has saved me. He's forgiven me and he's healed me a great miracle. And I, I, I must have a Christian name. Wow. And I said, all right, from this day forward, your name's David. And he just jerked his head up and looked at me and smiled. And he said, from this day forward, my name's David. And that's the name he went by the rest of his life. And, and uh, anyway, wonderful miracle. But it's because those three guys brought him. Brought and it's, him. they brought him mm -hmm. because the doctor testified. So you had a doctor right. testifying. You had three guys that brought him. And right. all those guys are the hero of that story. I'm not the hero of that story. You know, yeah, I'm, right. just, I'm just the last link in the chain. Yeah. But they brought him. Well, and that's that's really what the church should be all about. 
uh, is we have to see ourselves as the collective they. That's right. (laughs) And we can all be missionaries out to the world, our neighbors, our family, our coworkers, everyone we come in contact with, that just you don't have to have a microphone. People get so stymied into thinking they have to be in a religious atmosphere of some sort to function, or that if they're not the pastor or the preacher, then they're off the hook. They don't have to do anything. But I know when you said that, and I heard it those many decades ago, that it got down on the inside of me, and I pass that on to my church over and over and over, that you're the missionaries, you're the representatives, you're the people that can open your mouth and go out there and be the they that will bring all of them to Jesus, and he'll heal them all. Absolutely. And if people will get that concept and, and just take the limits off, of have having it be in a service, quote unquote, or a building somewhere that you can bring them to Jesus. Bring the, if your church is having healing services and you've got an atmosphere in your local church where people can be prayed for. Uh, come expecting. Believe God for your life to cross cross paths with Absolutely. other people. Believe God that you're going to come in contact with people that are seriously ill that need healing. That you can get them to the man or woman of God that'll lay hands on them, and they can get an atmosphere of faith. And then no telling what'll happen. I mean, nothing. All the you know, good things you know, that Renee, God we, has. We put that message out on out on tape, and now of course it's transferred over to CD. But we ought to just give that away. We ought to just make it. Oh, uh, wonderful! I don't remember if we call it i think we call it the heroes of the bible or or uh, i'll have to to find out with my staff what what we actually call it now but but if people would would uh, contact our office uh either write our office uh or or contact by phone or by by email you know it's it's uh terry mize ministries dot org dot org and uh, of course in the the post office box is p.o box three five zero four four three five zero four four Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74153, or just call the office or however you want to contact the office and uh, uh, request that uh, the CD free free offer, then uh, we'll mail it to you, postage paid. And, That's uh, right. I'll just have to figure out. Why. I, I, I'm trying to remember what the title of it is. But it's either. We'll find it, though, and I we'll get think, it out I there. Know I, have one, I know I have one really great sermon out or, or CD out called How uh, how to be a hero of faith, but I don't think that's it. I think it's... Uh, uh, well, we'll find yeah, it. We'll, find we'll, get, it. It. we'll, we'll find get it out there for the folks. Uh, when we did a, a CD offer a couple of weeks ago, my goodness, we had tremendous, wonderful response. And we put those things out there to help you so that you're not just out there by yourself. There's a whole body of Christ and, and ministries and pastors and people that love you. We want you to be somebody's hero. <laughs> we Amen. want you to be those heroes of faith that get the sick to Jesus. Amen. And we want to put tools in your hand that will help you on every level of your life. So if we can do that for you, call our office, contact us in some way, go to the website and place an order for that, and we'll get that out there to you and just give you another bullet in your arsenal to be able to share and minister the word of God. So we are done for today. We're so glad you have joined us. Uh, don't forget to invite friends and family to be right here with us next week sometime on uh, Terry Mize podcast. Our website again is terrymizeministries.org. All of our materials and contact
contact information are there. Again, we want to say thank you to all of our great partners and people that stand with us, that give and, and pray for us. We are just somewhere every every week. Terry and I are in a different hotel every weekend and, and uh, sometimes different countries and different so many different things going on in the world. And it's becoming a more dangerous place. The world's getting darker, but the gospel's getting brighter. So we all need each other to do the work of the gospel. So thank you again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you next week on terrymize.com for Terry Mize Podcast Ministry. God bless you, and we're so glad you've been here. You've been listening to a Mize Missions Podcast. For all the latest updates to our global projects, speaking engagements, and social media, visit us at terrymize.com. You can partner with us to give living bread to dying men around the world. Get involved at terrymize.com. Until next time, thanks for joining us. This has been a presentation of Terry Mize Ministries.